Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde. With this week's Notre Dame football show here on YouTube, Pod Like a Champion for our folks listening to the show. Hope you are doing well. We have a fantastic show lined up. Notre Dame held its first spring ball practice today, so uh, we're going to discuss some of the big news and notes to come out of that. We're going to bring on Tyler Horka, Blue and Gold beat writer, who was in the Irish Athletic Center to watch the first, I think it's five portions or first five uh periods of practice so we'll get his reaction he was in the room and mark stream spoke to the media today so we'll get on um, his takes on all of that first tim my friend how are you doing what's new with you man doing really good football's back so it was nice to see some clips i watched marcus freeman's press conference i it was a really really good press conference yeah he, he gave a lot of details which he always does he doesn't hold back so i, I found a few little tidbits out of that pretty interesting and uh Pretty big, big first day. Roster management, yep. bodies coming and going, so to speak. Obviously, the new group of coaches. Uh, like I told you, a large group of offensive linemen. Uh, Notre Dame put out a little clip I thought was just awesome, just seeing those guys. So it, it, I don't know. There, you know, I don't know. There, you know, there was a lot of excitement today. I felt online reading all the news about practice and um, a lot of good hype. It felt like coming out of today. So it was really, it was really exciting. Yeah, there's Joe Alt. I think you said before we started recording, he's about ten feet tall now. Yeah, Mike, he, I'm telling you, Fisher. We keep hearing he is. He looks five inches bigger than Blake Fisher now. He, he, has he stopped growing? I mean, look at him. He is massive, and uh, it's just exciting. I, it's funny. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a huge old line guy, and I was slow playing this one by one, looking at guys. Emil Wagner looked good. Billy Shrouf looked solid. I heard Michael Carmody was in the starting group uh, at one of the guard spots along with, um, uh, oh, my God, I can't even think here for a second. Who? Oh, uh, Christophe. Jeez, he's, he's the guy we always miss. But, uh, yeah, that video got me rolling today, and that was really good. So yeah. great group of bodies. As I'm thinking about that, Tim, like if you are super into following spring ball, let's just let's just call it what it is. You're, you're, you're a junkie. Yeah, you're a football like, guy. You can't, you can't get enough um, of – of Notre Dame football and we love you for it. We love no, you for it. No, it, it was great. I mean, Patrick, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Tyler, 
Tyler, you know, had a nice video today with Todd, Todd Burlidge broke, breaking down everything. I always love Todd, you know, Todd did a great article today real quick. I just love his, his quick instinct is to talk about the leaders and the guys who are taking shape. You know, he's been into that over the years, that first batch of those, you know, the guys that are out front, how he broke what 12 or 13 names. And he says, historically, this is where your captains are coming from. And Joe Alt was in that along with uh, Thomas. So you had a couple juniors in that group. I found really, really interesting. Yeah, I think Mike Singer should be an honorary captain. There you um, go. Just for you know being the president of the Joe Alt fan club. Uh, we had a before. I didn't even know you could do this, but we had like three super chats, but like earlier in the day, and they're they've disappeared from the comments. Um, so super chatter, I appreciate. Uh, he was he was talking about how uh, you know he's been reading Blue and Gold for for as long as he can remember. Which Tim, I know that's the case with you as well. Oh so yeah, definitely. Um, appreciate you. Yes, let's let's start with some news and notes before we bring in Tyler Horka here um, in in a little bit. But uh, Tim, I will say uh, before we do that, we need to hear um, from our friends over um, at uh, My Perfect Franchise, and that's of course Andy De- Andy Ledecky. Um, he can help you out if you are a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands. Or are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy can help you out. He's a huge college sports fan and a franchise veteran. Go to his website, myperfectfranchise.net. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses. Uh, Using his expertise, he helps others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. Call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands, and best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Yeah, in terms of, just real quick, Tim, injuries, saw, uh, you know, Adon Schuler, which we knew about, Devin Houston, that was a new one, um, that he had shoulder surgery, tongue twisters today, Uh, Eli Raritan, Kevin Bauman out with their knee injuries. And then, um, you know, Jadarian Price is still recovering from the Achilles injuries uh, per, you know, Pete Sampson's tweet who's at the press conference said Mark Sherman said Price may be able to run around a bit this spring, still in recovery. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, when you're talking about Schuler, Houston, Raritan, and Bauman, yeah, all, all to be expected other than Houston, who, you know, uh, it sucks for him that he is out. Um, for the spring, but he's a young guy, plenty of time to um, recover. I I do think, Tim, one of the bigger news items, when you look at Jadarian Price being out, it it really sucks for him because, like, it would be, or I say out, limited. Mm -hmm. I have a really good opportunity to be the number three running backs. I think one of the bigger news items from um, the press conference uh, and practice is, is Chris Tyree. And Freeman said, you know, hey, just because you guys saw him at receiver today doesn't mean he's not, you know, going to play any running back for us moving forward. Um, but yeah, it it does look like you know what everyone's been calling for for quite a long time. Hey, if Tyree's not getting the ball at running back. Put him at receiver. So, what was your reaction to this news, Tim? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was not you know not surprised because I think it's always been kind of hinted at, mentioned. You know, even last year, it felt like it was going to happen. And then Diggs, remember, like we said, you go back to last year, Diggs got hurt in the spring game. He's out with the shoulder. It was assumed he was going to be out the first month of the season. So they had to have Tyree at running back. Diggs comes back sooner than expected. Buckner gets hurt. They, You know, all of a sudden, it's we're going to stay in 12 personnel. And and really, when you look at last year's offense, Mayer, by all accounts, was the third wide receiver. He was your slot. He was your guy that they moved around and they and, you know obviously had Bauman and then Evans staying at the uh, for the inline tight end is what they did so that's that's how the offense evolved last year when you really look at it so this year start fresh you got a bunch of healthy running backs uh, real quick on Jadaren I thought Freeman was very positive today talking about he is going to be doing a lot of work this spring he's not going to be in 11 on 11 action but I felt his positivity was really nice that he is coming along really good there but uh yeah good you know Tyree, you know, it's been, you know, I don't know who's been, you know, talked about more on our message board. Is it, you know, Tobias Merriweather or, or Chris Tyree or Maris Leofow? I mean, flip a coin every day. It's those three. And with Tyree, he's he's the third back. He really is when you look at it. And people don't like to hear that, but it is true. He is the third option. 
They have two very good running backs ahead of him. He is very athletic. He's got great speed. He's got some fantastic skill in the open field. Hartman allows them to play more 11 personnel because he's a true passer. And especially with the tight ends this year, that's another little hidden gem. You really only got two tight ends this spring. So they're not going to be that 12-13 package we've seen since the 2020 team. So uh, very exciting to see Tyree there because he's a very, very good, obviously, really nice pass catcher. He's had back-to-back seasons over 20 catches. So get him quick flats and whatnot. It's going to open up some good things out there. And, and here was the super chatter from earlier. Pop, wow. appreciate it. It says, been a Notre Dame fan since birth in 95. Seen many things. Witnessed Navy loss in person. 12-0 season. Lost to USF. Uh, lost to Tulsa. Thanks for all you do. Hey, Trash. Appreciate you. For folks listening on podcasts, I did not just call this comment or trash. That is his <laughs> his given YouTube name. Appreciate you, uh, my friend. He's going Tulsa and UCF. There we go. <laughs> USF. Hey. Yes. Yes. You know, oh, man. The lightning game. What a day that was. Yeah, you know what? I'm an, I'm an alum. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, the, the bad thing is when I started covering Notre Dame, I totally forgot about that game. So, you know, when I told the you know folks on our message board, hey, you know, I'm a USF grad, but hey, there's, you know, there's no, there's no bad feelings there. I was like, yeah. oh, crap. I think I deleted the post really quick. So, uh, <laughs> I slammed for oh, good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, someone said it. Colsey number zero. Yeah. Colsey zero. Um, I can Watts moved to zero. Uh, there's someone on defense. Is it Watts? I don't. There was so oh, much well, stuff flying around today. I was yeah. like, um, I saw another zero on D. So yeah, like, Horka. Not, well, not on uh, you know the you know the field goal block. Yeah. Team. Okay. So this is this is uh the the rundown. You have uh, Colsey was sixteen and now zero. Xavier Watts was twenty six and is now zero. Which if there is any stamp on Xavier Watts moving back to offense being a done deal, like I, in terms done, like it's not happening. He and Colsey now have the same number. So Watts will not be playing any wide receiver. Chris Tyree was 25 and now he's two. Jalen Sneed was 17 and now he's three. Um, That was the number he wore in high school. Tobias Merriweather now is five, which was also the number he wore in high school. Jaden Mickey, seven, uh, and was number 21. Jadarian Price was 20 and now 24. And Tyson Ford from 98 to 95. So that's the rundown there. Trash also says, been reading Blue and Gold forever. Always used the magazines to recreate teams and Madden and NCAA football like Christmas when it came in the mail. It still is. It still is like Christmas when, when you know, I've got this one sitting next to me on my on my desk. Or, uh, you know, with, with Drake Bowen on the uh, cover of Gold Illustrated magazine. Appreciate the uh, the super chat. But yeah, any other thoughts on on Tyree? And here, here's here's the last one. I think maybe they're just coming in from word for word, exactly what they were earlier. Uh, Trash has love everything about this university, this company, this team stands for. Thank you for being a diehard fan. So close to the action. Thank you, uh, Trash. But yeah, um, it's when Tyree c- came to Notre Dame, because that was the first big profile recruit that I was really active in covering. And, and it was, you know, Notre Dame over Oklahoma and, and, and Bama. I think that was his final three. And that's what a massive get it was for Notre Dame. I think to this point for the hype, it's, it's been just call it what it is. It's yeah. been a, like disappointing. I'm not going to call him a disappointment, but it, his production at Notre Dame, Compared to the the hype he had coming to South Bend, you know, it's not equal. No, I agree, and you know, I've even told people it's like it's him. Let me ask you: you know, is this, Do you think it's more of a Tyree thing, or is it more of a Notre Dame thing? Uh, not using him right, or is it more about just the other running backs have been really good? It's a combination of all of them. Uh, yes to everything. It's, <laughs> I mean, you got to. He he comes in and Kyron Williams takes off. Kyron Williams was a red shirt, you know, no, you know, and he was a nobody. All of a sudden he takes a field that, you know, COVID year uh, against Duke and boom, has a heck of a season. You know, that first game and blows up all year. He ends up being the newcomer of the year, obviously in the ACC. And then obviously his great 2021. Yeah. He's been nicked up. He's been beat up at times, those types of things. And obviously he was the third back last year, but he got, you know, he did get his touches. He did. 
obviously get on the field and whatnot. And and then going to your next point right there is, yeah, there's guys just ahead of him, which digs, estimate. And and there's probably that explosiveness. Everyone just assumes Tyreek well, he's fast in a straight line. He runs fast, get him the ball. But, but Notre Dame has. It's not like, you know, you always hear this, well, all they do is run, you know, inside zone with them. No, they, they have tried getting him the ball multiple ways over the years. It just hasn't clicked. You know, he did score the nice touchdown against Toledo. He had the huge kickoff return against Wisconsin that just broke that game, you know, turned that thing. But uh, but now with it's going back to the Hartman, going back to 11 personnel, probably going to do more spread, more motions, you know, more shifts with 11 personnel type bodies and Tyree out there running, you know, probably more motions, more jet sweeps, things of that nature. But at the same time, he does catch the ball really good out of the backfield. Now he's at a slot. He's an extension of that, so to speak. So hopefully it works out for him, but it goes back to, say, recruiting. What if his, him and Diggs had, you know, flipped recruiting rankings? No one would say a word. No yeah. one would say a word right now. No one would, oh, oh wow, look at Tyree being moved. But he was, what, yeah. in the 90s, top 100. It's those expectations that come with that recruiting ranking. Yeah, and not only the ranking, but, I mean – I was going to go to the offers. I mean, but Diggs ended up with LSU right before signing day. Uh, but still, that was more of a, uh, you know, LSU probably striking out on some of their top guys. But Tyree was a big-time guy from the get-go. I think yes. sort of picking up offers in ninth grade or something. Diggs was a little bit little bit more of a, uh, a late blur. I thought this was an interesting comment from Irish17. He says, Tyree is such an interesting build. A little small for a running back, a little thick for a true receiver. I, I don't think – you know, being a little thick for a true receiver as anything to that's that, that's not a factor at all. I don't I don't agree with that. A little small for running back, but yeah, my Goolsby when when Tyree's a recruit, Goolsby always talked about I would not want to tackle Chris Tyree because he's so short I can't find him. <laughs> you know, and they just get through, and he's so fast he just gets to the hole. You can, he, he, it's hard to get down there, and he's quicker than you, so. I think he's an NFL gadget guy. He's, he's someone who's probably going to go to the NFL and he's better than he was in college. I think you see that a lot in like NBA, like guys in college basketball are just not highly productive. They average like 10 points a game and then they get to the, the NBA and you know, they're 30 point a game guys like that. That just happens. It's just, it's, it's different. And I think he could be a really good NFL player. And that's in the NFL is just, is different, you know, everything's about packages in the NFL. And, you know, when you, you know, whenever you hear Chris Tyree, people talk about, oh, he's a third down back. He probably will be a very good third down back yeah. in the NFL because they have those type of guys. You have the guys that go the first down, second down, and then you give them a blow on third down because either you don't want, you know, the you know the the star tailback pass blocking, so you put a, another guy in, which is Kyron Williams did that when he came back this year with the Rams. The second half of the season was their third down guy starting to come in and because he's a heck of a pass blocker. So, you know, Tyree could be that in the NFL. And with Notre Dame, it, uh, you know, it also goes back to the wide receivers. When you look at the slot, you know, they have Thomas there today. Yeah. So behind Thomas, it's nobody. You know, it's, it. you know, is it a freshman? Do they want to move a freshman there? You know, and that's the other thing where Tyree's been in the system three years. We got to get him on the field. Let's get him on the field before we do Great House or Rico Flores. You know, you know something of that nature. And um, it's a smart move. You know, when you look at it, yeah. You know how they're going to do it. It is a smart move. The thing about slot, like so many different types of body types and players can play slot. Like you're not putting. Chris Tyree really is an outside guy. You know, you're not going to put him the boundary. If you if he gets lined up against a safe or a, like a linebacker, you know, even that, yes, of of course you put him outside. But you, you don't put short guys to the outside. But inside, I think it's a lot easier to move from the outside in compared to vice versa as a receiver. Well, the fact they have Thomas. I mean, think of Thomas. Thomas, a player, big, right? big physical wide receiver who's a heck of a blocker. And then, and you got him at slots. So when you think of slots, you know, you just instantly think of, you know, the Patriots, right? With all the slots that they've had over the years with Brady, all those little quick little, you know, in-cut type guys and quick out guys and quick bubble guys. Thomas is a, the opposite where Tyree could be a fantastic slot doing all those little underneath type things. And and he may grow in, you know, grow into that role 
as the true slot this season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was the news. Chris Tyree. And I say news. It's, I don't know. He started working out a receiver for the first yeah. time in his career, to, to my knowledge, at least. Um, and someone real quick, someone mentioned, you know, like Darren Sproul. Someone just said here in the chat room, without a doubt, but Darren Sproles would run you over. Yeah. He was a heck of a tailback in college. Tyree has yet to show that. And my beef when I watch Tyree on film is there's just holes that are there and he just never sees them. I mean, there are some cutback holes. So when people complain, oh, he's just running up in the A-gap because he's not finding the cutback holes. And that's what Estimate and Diggs, especially Tyron Williams, much better than Tyree at doing that over his three years so far. Yeah, so Chris Tyree might see some time at receiver this season, but I, I think might kind of just be – for the lack of a better term, a gadget guy this season. All right, before we bring in uh, Tyler Horka, we're going to go through the news of several players being off the team. For uh, Before we get into it, Tim, I, I, being medically retired is not like a new term, right? You see this all the time. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, was there a lot of guys being medically retired? And this is not inside source information. My first reaction was uh, what are we what are, what are we calling medically retired now or like is, is it what it is like i don't know because well, it's one year correct i think that you know once again this is a patrick angle whenever I, i'm on the message board medical, the rule you know, red shirt it, it, i think it's that's different if you medically or are know, they the same thing i don't but, know you know but joey to know was obviously hurt last year and he took a medical retirement from from what i remember I asking patrick bad. last year is that have, what it is? You have one year, like you cannot you cannot play back at the school you signed with. So okay. if he wants to go play, say at IU or Purdue and stay in state, he can't without getting a, a lost year or something like that. Okay. I mean, it probably doesn't count as his red shirt either. So he can yeah, something like back. that. So, you know, because he's not on scholarship. He's just going to class, those, those types of things. So I believe okay. after a year, these guys can go play somewhere else if they choose to. If not, they're on scholarship. But to my point, Tim, does it not feel like it's, uh, hey, uh, you're not playing here? Like that's what it's what it feels like to me, Tim. Oh, without a doubt, that's going back to roster management. That's going back to recruiting, right? Stacking bodies on top of each other, and after a couple of years, if you're buried and you haven't even gotten on special teams and you're not even traveling to the bowl game, yeah. it's like you're, you know, it's being honest. Freeman talked about that today at the very end of his press conference, talking about being honest and whatnot. And he's he's mentioned that a thousand times with these guys. Like, like you just said, you're, you're not going to play at Notre Dame. You're not going to play here. We'll obviously give you a full scholarship academically. You can get your degree here or you could transfer somewhere else and, there's no issues with us. So yeah. it is happening more and more, but that's also due to probably a lot of the bodies that they're recruiting in the, in the, in the young guys that are probably starting to rise up. All right, Tim, uh, let's have a little chit chat about uh, some of these names. I'm going to give the name. I want you to give me a true 30 seconds. On... I give you 10. Oh, yeah. Bull crap. <laughs> I'll give you the name. You give me your reaction, and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up with one other point. Uh, but uh, Ron Paulus, the third. Um, no, no, no surprise there, Tim. I mean, no, because he was always the surprise on signing day, correct? And we're like, oh wow, they gave a scholarship to Ron Paulus, so you knew that was obviously to help out his dad and whatnot. Now he's going to school for free the rest of his time, so. He was uh, definitely one of those bodies you just said that was never going to play at Notre Dame. Wow. That was, might have been a true, like, 15 seconds. Will Schweitzer, one of those in the 2021 class, I think he's committed to Nebraska. Notre Dame flips him out of nowhere, undersized, but really productive in high school. One of those uh, classic Mike Elston uh, type of DNs he thought he could uh, coach up for four years and then play one day. So that's – I mean, he. there's another guy who just never hit it at Notre Dame and then retires, going to get his degree, and kudos to him. I think the big difference that you saw from Brian Pullian's time as Notre Dame special, cord, special teams coordinator to uh, Brian Mason was Pullian, for like three or four straight recruiting cycles, 
took a high school scholarship specialist. 2019 was the punter uh, from Alabama. I Bramlett. Bramlett. Yeah, Bramlett, yep. 2020 was Alex Peitch. I bet half of our audience has never heard of Alex Peitch. Really, really nice kid, by the way. Really enjoyed covering him. But, yeah, he's a long snapper. I, I don't think his play unless he's no. on a field or something. Yeah. Michael Vincent. Uh, 2021, Josh Bryan, uh, and then 2022, Bryce McPherson. Mm-hmm. So that's f- is that 2019, 20, f- four straight cycles. Yeah. So Josh Bryan in the 2021 class, uh, off the team. Um, okay. So yeah, the, the Schweitzer one, sad one. Yeah. Yes. So Schweitzer's definitely seemed and i'm i'm glad you reminded me of the schweitzer he, he posted his announcement um as well on yeah i didn't read yeah okay yeah i didn't read any of that yeah, yeah exactly he, he didn't play he's got a true medical condition he's gonna have yeah. another name degree and he's gonna have a great life ahead of him yeah so in terms of like being you know processed or whatever you know when you use the term i don't i don't know if that was schweitzer um because you know he said um in september i suffered from a non-football related medical event caused by uh, you know, heart conditions called PFO. So yeah, yeah. prayers, thoughts and prayers. That's to, an easy to one, yeah. that. Um, yeah, didn't mean any kind of disrespect there. I appreciate the comment Coleman. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Josh Bryan. The, this, yeah. I mean, he, he could kick from Sierra Canyon. He, the guy could kick. You watched his videos. He was, you know, big, big time kicker out there, but um, yeah. Just didn't make it. You only need one kicker. Yeah. Notre Dame has had a bunch of, like you're saying, they if you could go into the Ivy League and pluck someone and come in here and kick or get a Blake Groupie and they're getting a South Florida guy, I would be I would be following that path from here on out. Go find yep. a graduate transfer, come here, kick, have fun. Save hey, that scholarship for a, a linebacker and a wide receiver. So bringing in a new grad transfer kicker is okay, but doing it at quarterback is, you know. Oh, that's okay. You can do it at quarterback. You know, the other guys are just going to sit and watch for a year, but we'll yeah. worry about that later. Um, Caleb Johnson, Notre Dame flipped him from Auburn. 2021 class was the year of the flip for the Irish. Um, that's Johnson. I, I'll be honest with you. I His high school film, he looked small. I never – I always thought his high school film was very average. That's just my opinion. He was not a good knee bender. He played high, was never big. I remember watching the spring game. You know, obviously you and I did our live show last year, and he was like all the sacks in that game came against him. So not a you know, not a shocker, especially with the tackles that Notre Dame has right now. So this is one of those where people like to talk about, oh, I don't care about rankings i just like the offer list i, I just want to put an offer real quick on caleb johnson yeah. no he had a heck of an offer lift low lift. four star and we were at rivals at the time rivals had him as a three star for the yeah. longest time and everyone lost their collective minds because he had notre dame alabama lsu miami florida florida state penn state just look at all those there's a lot of joe moore award you know, nominated whole line coaches on that list right there. Uh, no, you know, so, and I'm not saying rankings are everything, but I just like to say, just don't, yeah, you can't be too those, narrow-minded on recruiting and in rankings and all. No, exactly. He's one of those guys, tall, comes from ways. He was Tampa Catholic, right? Comes from really Trinity good Catholic. Trinity no. gotcha. A really good high school program out there in Florida, and think he could redshirt him, feed him for a couple of years. He just never gained weight, and he always looked small in all his pictures. So you can't play Notre Dame tackle at 275. That's like Michael Carmody as well. Yeah. All right. Got to go rapid quick, uh, rapid fire here. Caleb uh, – no, sorry, Philip Riley, um, a Notre Dame commit who then flipped to USC and flipped back to Notre Dame, if I, if I recall correctly. SC, yeah, exactly. Yeah, SC. Um, no, I just – I liked him, Tim, coming out of high school, but I don't know if you remember. This was, I think, before you joined us. Sure. I liked him as a rover. He was a big kid, but I just didn't see the fluidity as a mover. Like you see like a Micken or a a, a Jaden Mickey or uh, Ben Morrison. Like these guys just move really well in short area. That was not Philip Riley's really good athlete. I just didn't see it. Um, It was time at Notre Dame's over. Yeah, it's going back to the spring game last year. I remember watching all those young guys, you know, the 2021 guys and, 
Tucker is clearly the most athletic one in that group. And I hear good things about him. Yeah, I mean, you just saw it on the fit, you know, when he played that a lot in the second half. All those guys played in the second half, you know. Walters had an interception, I believe, in the second half as well. But uh, he just he just never panned, you know, never panned in. And Notre Dame's had some really good cornerbacks the last couple of years just ahead of him. Nice offer list is exactly right there. Another one of those Florida recruits from Notre Dame that just hasn't panned out. And then uh, last but not least, Justin Walters uh, from Chicago. Safety. Yeah, there's there's another one. Especially Notre Dame has not had dominant safeties outside of Hamilton the last two, couple of years when you really look at it, right? You're like, if he can't beat out DJ Brown, Houston Griffith for a fifth year, sixth year, just didn't work out for him as well. That, that 2021 class is like 10 guys, as I was telling you, Mike, 10 guys are now gone medically or – transferred so that's the but the key number is right there that 48 percent. so when you recruit a class that's 48 percent. now some of these guys are trying right, to let me interrupt you for people who don't know what you're talking about the blue chip ratio being 48 percent means that 48 percent of the recruits in notre dame's 2021 class were ranked as four or five stars yes um and all of the guys we just mentioned have that that left the team that Notre Dame announced on Wednesday, all from the 2021 class. So yep. Tim, before we started recording, you said it was 10 of the 27 players 10. in that class are out. You have 10, 10, 10 have already transferred or medically. You have an yep. 11th with it, which is Kia, who's on his Mormon mission. So if he if he doesn't come back, that'll be the 11th guy. Yeah, you know. But it's going back to the you know the great Louis Emoji who always said, and it's so true, Mike. I wrote it down today on the message board that you break it down a third of this class right here are dudes Fisher all, you know, estimate, you know, the receivers that are playing Buckner obviously is played. There's a core that are dudes that are playing. Then there's these Rubio, the Prince Collie, you know, Rocco Spindler. You got this second core that's right there teetering either special teams are on the two deep. And then you got your 10 that are gone. And, and the last 10 or the third of every, Third of every class don't pan out, which is just fascinating. And and you go back and look at every Notre Dame class; it is it lines up. It does line up. Uh, Tyler says the kicker is as important as the quarterback. Um, I would say in the nineteen ninety six USC game, yeah, when Sanson misses a PAT, could have put him up by nine, and and they go play Penn State in the festival. Sure, no, <laughs> no. And on one play, sure. sure. But think about all the places the quarterback's out there and the kicker's not out there. The quarterback's got to get those points to get the kicker. No, in these no, but, it, it, but Notre Dame has a, a long history of having walk-on kickers that have kicked and been great, great players. So you don't need to go spend a scholarship is the point on a kicker. Notre yeah. Dame has proven they could find kickers. I'm in fine with just the one-year rental. Bring in the – Groupie was a, a scholarship guy last year. Bring in just – I'm fine with the yeah. one-year rental. Is the South Florida guy one this year? I, is he? I'm not sure. I, mean, I will have the crack staff look that up real quick. Yeah, exactly. I want to say he is. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone just said, why, why remind me of that? Because that's one of those games I'll never forget. It's Lou Holtz's last game, the 96 game. So. Spencer Schrader is on scholarships. Notre Dame currently has three scholarship specialists. Schrader, mm-hmm. Vincent – and McPherson, McPherson's the punter, and I want to say they grabbed a punter transfer. Well, they had a walk-on guy last year, Mike. A walk-on yeah. Yeah, did all the kickoffs. Punters, I think you can have a walk-on as a punter. I think you should have a scholarship kicker. But punter, yeah, the Harvard guy saw it. I think he was a walk-on. I want to say, yeah, the, I, yes, yes, he was. Saw it was yeah. a walk-on. Yeah. So, and I, I want to say they got another guy. We're going to bring on Tyler Horka here soon, and Horka can set <laughs> set the record straight on that. Tim, I will let you uh, scholarship hunters. Yes, I'll let you take a quick uh, breather as we tell our friends um, about the uh, the Rogue Shop. If you guys watch the show, you know about the Rogue Shop. Um, so, listen, you know the deal. It's a husband and wife outfit. As Mr. Rogue and his wife Shar are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm and grow everything themselves and do everything by hand. As our folks watching uh, on YouTube see, their website to visit is rogueshop.com. They sell everything, folks CBD, THC, 
edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, and more. I only know about a third of those terms. But you can learn more about it at rogueshop.com. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where you can ask the owners of the store um, those questions if you're curious about some products. So please do go over to rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, and or anxiety stress. So please also, if you go uh, and you purchase any Rogue Shop products, uh, use the promo code Blue and Gold. That's just one word, Blue and Gold. Um, and that will get you 10% off your order. Promo code blue and gold. Tyler Horka, there you are, my friend. How are you doing? Good, guys. How are y'all? That was a good first yeah, half really hour good. of the show, by the way. You guys are really going through the topics. There's a lot of them. Anything you disagree with or anything that you really agree with that we said? Uh, I thought Tim brought up a pretty good point about Well, Tyler. all right. It was nice having you, Tyler. <laughs> You know, you said you said you can't wait to see Chris Tyree in the NFL. I think he, like, when I came here a year and a half ago, I was like, whoa, that guy's awesome. Because I was just going back watching his 2020 film, and I thought he was fantastic backing up Kyron Williams. But now that he's been, I think Tim's point when he said he's been given the opportunities, he hasn't done a whole lot with them. I kind of think that's why this wide receiver thing is happening, because it could be awesome for Tyree, which – in turn, could be awesome for Notre Dame. They got everything they need in Logan Diggs and Audrick Estime. And if Jadarian Price is healthy, I think he's the clear number three back. He could be a number one back if he was fully healthy pretty much anywhere in the country. They, they need to get Tyree going somehow. This might be like a – honestly, this might be like a last-ditch effort type of thing. I, I agree. I agree. I know, I know you guys have talked about that in your articles, you and Patrick, about that as well. Like, this is it. You're a senior. It's now or, you know, yeah. you agree and time to move on. So, yeah, that's a great point. Boom, we're going to move you. You have a shot right here to come make plays for the Irish this season. Make it happen. You know, exactly. we're, they, they are giving them shots. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so we are 34, now 35 minutes into the show, and somehow we haven't really talked about Sam Hartman. So I think we should do that now with Todd Horka. So for folks wondering how this, the whole media thing works, you know, let you behind the curtain a little bit. There's 15 spring practices. This is probably, I think, my third or fourth spring ball. Well, there's COVID year. But there's always a little bit of differences in, in media access. But I think this year, Tyler, is actually on the lesser end. You'd think this Marcus Freeman era would be a lot more media friendly. And not that it's not media friendly, but not more media friendly. Not like noticeably more media friendly than Brian Kelly era. But four of the spring practices the media gets any access to actually see practice and it's really just stretching and calisthenics and maybe some, some indie drills, a little bit of routes on air. That's about it. And then just one of the 15 practices, excuse me, four plus the spring game. So spring game would be five. I'm, I don't count that spring game. So, uh, so it'd be four of the 14 practices. Only one of those, you guys get to see the entire practice. But of course, you can't shoot video of all the practice, so um, you know it's not great for the YouTube side of things. But hey, it is what it is. So, Tyler, the practice today was just the the stretching and and that good stuff. Yeah, if, if the rest of the three and, and like you said, we get that whole one, we're gonna have to eat up every minute that we can of that thing. But but even in that one, I think they only let us film for the twenty five uh, yeah. to thirty minutes, and then everything else is mental notes and, and notes on pad, which. I don't know. You, you feel like a reporter in those instances, though, because you see something happen. You're like, I better write it down or make a mental note or else nobody's going to know that this happened. There's enough people in the room to know. But anyway, what I was getting at, if, if the rest of these look like today, we're not going to glean a whole lot because a lot of people were griping that there was a lot of special teams today. I don't know if they did that on purpose and said, hey, we're not going to show you much. We're going to run special teams with these kickers who are not even going to be place kicking once the season starts in the fall because Schrader's not even on campus right now. So in terms of Sam Hartman, you mentioned his name. We didn't see him throw the ball to another player who wasn't a quarterback or a coach until the fifth period, which was our last period to film. And then they started airing it out. And Mike, I texted you earlier. I was like, Hey man, my duty on Saturday is to, to get a better job filming the ball as Hartman actually throws it. Because they lined up the quarterbacks four wide 
across the line of scrimmage, if you would, when it was really not really a line of scrimmage, but where the target was taking off from. And they were throwing the ball all different directions. Hartman was throwing it this way and jelly was throwing it that way. Tyler Buckner was throwing it down the middle. And you're like, well, dang, I, I really have to key in on one of these guys. Otherwise I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. But from what I did see Sam Hartman in person, he throws a really nice deep ball. And as I wrote for blueandgold.com, it didn't matter who his target was. I saw him throw one to Caleb Smith. I saw him throw one to Jaden Thomas. He put the ball right on the money in stride. So what I saw in watching all those games in the offseason, rewatch after rewatch, I watched every single offensive snap from Sam Hartman last year. It was it was good to see that in person from the beginning, him throwing that deep ball today. All right. So question that when you're what you're talking about, and I think we are, you, we do have some clips of that. Oh, show them. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, you had you had one usable one, Tyler. Um, because I'm thinking about that. That's not something you've shot before, because that's not no. something that Notre Dame's done before. No, so, like, is that like a Geno Gadouli thing? Where for folks yeah. watching YouTube, you see it. Uh, you got Minchie on your yep. on the right. Uh, Drew Pine, excuse me, Sam Hartman. We'll get to that in a moment. Tyler Buckner, and then Angeli's on the far left. Yeah, that's not something you probably ever had to shoot before because that's something that already never done before, right? Yeah. Mm. With Tommy Reese, it was two and two. It was two wide, and and you you kind of knew, okay, the quarterback on the left is probably throwing it to the guy on the left, and you don't know what route he's running. He could be going long. He could be stopping five yards like Tobias Merriweather did right there. But you generally knew, okay, he's throwing to him. Today – we only got five minutes of this. By the end of it, I, I finally started getting used to it. But at the beginning, I was like, Gino has these guys throwing all over the place. And, and honestly, I was pretty impressed with the wide receivers. They knew what they were doing because it was almost like a, an actual play where you had four guys going all over the place. But instead of one quarterback, you had four. And, and the wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, everybody knew, okay, I'm getting the ball from this guy. And from what the most part from what I can see, it was a it was a pretty fluid operation where these guys knew what they were doing. So maybe changes to the Notre Dame offense just in terms of operations coming right away with this new staff. All right, I did make my little Drew Pine comment. He re- like maybe it's just because he's wearing the number ten, but he doesn't look that much bigger than Drew Pine. Am, am I crazy? Like, is he? Am, am I wrong here, Tyler? You, you're, you're not crazy. Um, Kyle Kelly, uh, our new coworker here at blueandgold.com kind of we were standing next to each other for a little bit of this and he said he kind of looks like drew pine he's not that much bigger and so he made kind of the same joke you did but look here's the thing i mentioned the rewatches that i did if you're a notre dame fan and you haven't seen those you still have five months to go look at every single play of sam hartman before the 2023 season opener i saw a guy every single time i started one of those games when i was watching i was like okay this guy's not that big but by like the third series the third even the second Sometimes even the first time that Wake Forest was on the field offensively, I said, it doesn't matter that this guy is small because, one, he can take a hit. Two, he can improvise. We saw Drew Pine improvise a little bit last season. Sam Hartman can do that and then some. If you want a design run for this guy, you can do that. And then three, he can make all of the throws. I saw him make short throws, intermediate throws, and obviously I just talked about the long ball. So, Mike, to your point, is he a big guy? Absolutely not. Uh, I'm 5'11 with a bump on my head, and he might just be a bump taller than I am. But I can't throw the football like this guy. And my high school hockey playing days didn't get me near as far in my athletic career as this guy either. So he, he looks the part of a college quarterback. And obviously for five years, he showed that at Wake Forest. Too. Well, I, I think for each incompletion he throws, he or I'll say interception, every interception he throws at Notre Dame, I think this fan base starts knocking him an inch. He'll probably be for, you know, Drew Pine's height. And no time. Tim, I'll, I'll go to you. Got anything for Horka? No. First off, Tyler's you know, articles were outstanding because, you know, I've watched all his films as well. And uh, he is the one thing. The one thing you say about Sam Hartman is the dude's elite when it comes to throwing back shoulder fades. So, I mean, there he is so darn good at throwing. I'm talking 25 yards on a dime to the pylon back shoulder he did that time and time again at wake forest and he that was the most impressive thing to watch him do uh he got mauled at wake forest offensive line was atrocious that slow mesh sometimes where it was backers would just run fit and just end up being cover zero type blitzes and he got some balls off just getting smashed 
the game. You want to watch the true heart and of the physicality that he took, watch the pit game when they played them in the ACC championship game two years ago. I think he got sacked like nine times, hit 15, and he just kept playing, kept playing, kept playing. So it's – uh, yeah, but I'm, I was laughing earlier because you are right. He looked like Pine. He does. And I was I would love to hear Tyler on Minchie. I saw some pictures and videos. How he looks much taller than I ever anticipated. He looked really good out there just day one, just looking like a Notre Dame quarterback, which was very impressive. Yeah, he was pretty stout. And I could tell it's nice when those guys are all in the same grouping because they're all right next to each other. And I was just like, okay, you, you kind of look at the legs first with these quarterbacks because that's what they're throwing off of. That's what keeps them upright. And I said, okay, he, he's got the lower body. And then yeah. you look at everything else and you're like, all right, he looks like a college quarterback. So uh, Steve Angeli, obviously, you see right there, probably the biggest of the group looks most like the NFL prototypical. Hey, if you want a guy throwing from the pocket, that's him. Mike, I know you, I see your face right there. Tyler. That We're getting you a raise, my friend. We're getting you a raise, but continue. All right, fine. I'll, I'll stop right there then. <laughs> yeah, Minchie, he was one of those guys where when I'm looking out there, and, and I'll, we'll get to some of the other guys in a bit. Maybe I'll just do a spoiler right now. But Minchie and Rico Flores Jr. were two guys that were I, when I saw them in person, because these are my first time seeing them on a football field in person, I said, whoa, these guys are true freshmen. And I mean, they don't have to necessarily, especially Minchie, they don't have to play right away for their careers to be successful. But Rico Flores Jr. was a guy that I was like, what's going to stop him from playing right away? If Notre Dame only has these 10 scholarship wide receivers, we know that some of them are unproven. Notre Dame wants freshman wide receivers to come up and make plays and shed that narrative that they can't. Of I've been beating the Jaden Greathouse drum all off season because I'm from Texas. He's from Texas. I think he's a heck of a ball player, but of the freshman wide receivers that I saw today, this guy Rico Flores jr. Looks like the real deal. He just physically running routes, catching the football. He showed me everything today in the half hour that we were out there. Yeah. We did an article of blue and gold today about uh, between myself and Kyle Kelly about, uh, Hey, who uh, of the true freshmen early enrollees do you think will make an impact? If you would ask me yesterday, I would have said great house, but I went with Flores because of what you said in your video with Todd Burlidge. Fantastic job on that, by the way. Um, and these clips, I mean, it was already splitting hairs. Um, but yeah, he he looks like that little how he catches it looks that little it just it, that's little things as many pounds ago as a receiver who was a uh, very lightly recruited. Like, see, it's like, all right, look at the little, the little right foot drag there. You see that right there. He's making sure he's getting two feet in there. Like he's, he seems polished. I like, I really like Rico Flores. He looks good wearing 17. I, I like him. I remember he was one of the guys that remember Marcus Freeman mentioned, like Marcus Freeman didn't have to mention anybody by name in this specific question way back in December when we were talking to him, when, when most of these guys signed during that early signing period, he mentioned two names. He said, Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores Jr. They can play right away. Physically today, I saw yeah. why. And if he gains some confidence, like today looked like a confidence building practice. If he has 14 more of those, going into the summer, and then you add on fall camp. Uh, like, like I said a little bit earlier, I don't see any reason why he couldn't play right away and actually contribute. It's uh, I mean, my quick 30-second singer is it's Folsom High School. We said this when he got recruited, when he committed, talking about great house as well. Both of these guys are coming from elite high schools. Folsom High School in Northern California is one of the better – schools in, in the northern california competing with the big dogs up there they throw it all over the place and he gets big time coaching up there so he i mean those things mike uh, was just pointing out that's that's just instincts that's his high school coaching yeah. coming to south bend boom bringing all that to the table right away yeah good stuff uh in terms tyler of the press conference today with marcus freeman anything really stand out to you we talked about the the re retirements. I don't know if you had anything else to add on that, but um, we covered the Tyree stuff. I know he talked about Brandon Hillman. I'm just trying to think what else. You know, I thought it was a pretty pretty good presser. But anything that stuck out to you that you think we should talk about? 
Yeah, I mean, before we get into any topics, I just thought Marcus had an answer for everything, which was pretty impressive. Uh, a, a day like this where he's being thrown a lot of different directions, a lot of different questions. He seemed to have an answer for everything, which was, uh, I think I think the Brandon Hillman thing was very interesting. And if uh, the report from The Athletic is – Credible. Obviously, Brendan Hillman uh, kind of ran into an obstacle that's preventing him from enrolling at Notre Dame. And I, th- I thought it was very, very nice of Marcus to say, say it. I'm not. So, for everything, in terms of specifying a director of player personnel, I think those kind of All right, Tyler's cutting out a little bit there, but yeah, uh, yeah. Hill, Hillman's was it? Hillman's wasn't. I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on Tyler when when mm-hmm. he he did text me before he came on. He's like, I've having some internet issues tonight. <laughs> of course, the night he's coming on the live show. Um, but yeah, Hillman was. Yeah, that was an academic thing. If Hillman's going to Michigan and had an offer from Vanderbilt after this whole, you know, he was released from his, you know, his letter of intent. Clearly, he was a really good student. I've just told people, no, like, you got to remember, Notre Dame's different. Yeah. So right. that's just what it is. Like, Notre Dame might have more, you know, rigid requirements about specific things that they can't get over. Um, just kind of one of those things. And then uh, I, I think we have Tyler back now. Um, so Swarbrick, Jack Swarbrick had uh, some kind of speaking event, Tyler, where he mentioned hiring a general manager position. Patrick Angle asked – Freeman, the hard question right at the top. He was asking some good stuff. Right away. <laughs> like, hey, uh, what what are you guys doing there? Um, my read on this, Tyler, I'm interested to hear your opinion. I think it was a little just I think it was a little bit of just confusion, maybe. General manager, director of player personnel. I mean, it's it's the same stuff, right? Dave Ploquin held that role. Ploquin's still at Notre Dame, to my knowledge, but not in that position anymore. So it just seems like Notre Dame's hiring a new player personnel guy. That's do you, do you read that any differently? Tyler, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I was just taking myself off mute there. Yeah, I, I, I just do think that position is um, important because at programs that are really humming along, that guy, that player person, personnel guy, seems to be in the thick of everything. And I'm, I'm not going to say Dave Poloquin isn't, but uh, we, we know Dave. We, we went out to uh, to a breakfast with Dave. Um, am I not supposed to say that, Mike? I mean, continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just behind the scenes type of stuff. Like you, you get to know these guys and like, I have Dave's phone number and he can text me about certain things. I'm not asking him about stuff that like we're going to report on or anything, but like, I would see Dave at the, uh, at the facility and I'm still going to see Dave at the facility, yeah. but there's a reason that some of these things change sometimes. And I think that the, the player of the director of player personnel I don't know that college football programs are so different these days and you need that guy to kind of like be like a cheerleader in a way. And, and look, Dave is awesome. I went to um, the cleats for cause thing. I think Dave was kind of in charge of putting that out. And I went to a press conference in November, the day that all these players wore all those different cleats and whatnot. And he, he's awesome. But like, sometimes you need just to change up these titles and, and like, like, Today, uh, Dylan McCullough is going to be the run game coordinator for the offense, right? And then uh, Mike Mickens is going to be the defensive passing passing game coordinator. So sometimes you need to just like, if you look at a Wikipedia page of some of these coaches, sometimes it's almost weird to say like, okay, at this point he was an associate head coach, but now he's the passing game coordinator. So like, it's interesting to delve into why those things are happening. And Marcus Freeman didn't really give the why today, but sometimes these, these roles on the staffs just change. And I think that's what it is. But I, I do think once this hire becomes official, whoever it is, whoever is the director of player personnel, people are going to want to know because that guy, like I said, that guy is seeing these players every single day and he's kind of hands-on with these guys. Definitely need a strong right-hand man. I, I want to say you tweeted it. It might have been Patrick instead, but um, the comment Freeman had that I'm I can't believe I'm just not remembering it um, about the 
all of the assistant coaches got looks from other yeah. other colleges yeah. or NFL programs. That's wild. And and I mean, just to think like everyone was freaking out when Tommy Reese did go to Alabama and Harry Heastand did retire, which I think those like we may never know for fact, but I think those two, two things are linked being that Tommy Reese was a huge reason. Harry Heastand came back in the first place. The, the world was kind of on fire. Brian Mason goes to the Indianapolis Colts right around that same time. Notre Dame fans were just freaking out saying, Oh my God, here it goes. Like, like why can't Marcus Freeman retain all of these assistants? Tommy Reese went to Alabama. That that's an upgrade. I know Notre Dame fans don't want to hear it, but Alabama is Alabama. Brian Mason went to the NFL. Harry, he stands in his mid sixties and he retired. Like these things happen. Plus on top of that, every single other guy, Chancey Stuckey, Dylan McCullough, maybe even Jared Parker are being looked at by other programs and some of them by the NFL. Just the fact that this coaching staff, for the most part, more or less, minus a few big pieces like Tommy Reese, Harry Heastan, Brian Mason, who was arguably one of the best assistants in college football this year. Aside from all those guys, pretty much everyone stayed and is intact and they're being looked at by all these places. I would actually argue the contrary and say that Marcus Freeman actually did a heck of a job keeping most of these guys in South Bend. I'm, I'm sure you guys would probably agree. Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, if your coaches are, you know, leaving your program, it's, it's usually a good thing. So that means they're doing a really good job and they're moving up in their career. If they're doing a good job and they're moving up in their career, that means you're winning football games in those positions that they're coaching are, are performing well. Tim, did you have much of a reaction to this? Um, I mean, you think about it, that would include everyone's favorite coach, Al Washington. That includes Chris O'Leary, Mike Mickens, Al Golden, guys. Obviously, the coaches who left, we know that they were being pursued by other schools. I don't know about your or NFL programs. I don't know about he stand. I don't believe – I think it was nine of the ten. I have a hard time thinking that Harry Heastand was being pursued by others, but, hey, maybe he was. We There was reports about O'Leary, Stuckey, and McCullough being looked at by, uh, you know, uh, other institutions. But the ones that hadn't been reported were Washington, Golden, who was, I think, on everyone's radar, though, as a possibility, and then Mickens. But Freeman basically reported himself, hey, these guys are getting looks, too. Tim, what do you think about that? No, I found that fascinating. And in uh, a little hidden uh, tidbit, there is, you know, is Stucky. Stucky got an Auburn. Auburn contacted him since Hugh Freeze took over. That was like early January. I remember reading that on Football Scoop. Like Stucky was contacted, and he said no. He was going to stay at Notre Dame. Golden, not a shocker because it was always assumed if that if the DC got the Arizona Cardinals job. He was going to the Bengals as the DC. He was going to go replace him. He wasn't going to go to the Cardinals. He was going back to the Bengals, but he didn't get the job, so he stayed at Notre Dame. So, yeah, it's it's not a shock. It's it's Notre Dame. Uh, you know, Marcus Freeman talked about that when he was talking about. Uh, you know, he had a meeting with one of the Patriots personnel directors, talking about probably players, and they started talking about assistant coaches. And he said, "Yeah, the Pats. You know, the you know when you talk Notre Dame coaches." They know what these guys do each and every day. So, yeah, I, I've i been sticking up for Al Washington because, number one, he's been only been here one year, and people are, like, losing their minds. Like, Notre Dame doesn't have four first-round draft choices on D-line. Fire the coach. No. I'm, I'm a big believer in letting these guys grow together, letting these guys work together. They've been here one year together. Let's see what happens in year two, year three, and see what this thing starts to happen. But uh, yeah, I took that part of the press conference away. And then my little hidden gem, I was telling you about this earlier senior was just, a, um, and you, I don't know if you picked up on it, Horka, just a quick one sentence blurb about the Viper. Cause someone asked about Baptiste, can he play Viper? And Freeman was like, well, we really want that to be a, a linebacker going back to what I've been kind of thinking. They obviously Isaiah Foskey, a heck of a football player, but Freeman wants to be a three, three type guy where that Viper's interchangeable as a linebacker, a drop guy, a rush guy. I think we're going to see that more from the Notre Dame defense this year than we did the previous two years with Freeman. I think you saw that push 
start to happen with Junior Tui Halamaka at the end of last year, right? Yes. Marcus Freeman was saying fall camp last year, so we're talking August, who among those linebackers, those freshman linebackers that we talk so much about is ready to play right now? He kept saying Junior Tui Halamaka. Then you get through the season and you're like, okay, Maris Leofau, Jack Kaiser, these guys, J.D. Bertrand, they're doing all these things. Maybe they could do a little bit more. I think there's always the argument that, hey, they could be doing even less. Like the, these guys are on the field for a reason. But then you start seeing Junior Tui Halamaka start popping up at Viper. And at first I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know about this. But, it, Tim, to your point, it does make sense. He thinks it should be more of a linebacker because where did we start see, seeing Jordan Botello get more reps too at the end of last year? This is a guy who, yeah, he's pretty big dude. You think that he could play some D end. But to me, I was always like, okay, yeah, that guy could be a really menacing linebacker. Why not both? Why not you have that little hybrid position, put a little bit of a smaller guy who still has that size there at that position, do a little bit more, be a little more versatile. So, yeah, I think we see those two guys play a lot of Viper this year. I still think maybe you see some of those defensive end types where Gene Baptiste plays a little bit there. But if this is the push that Marcus Freeman's making, to Tim, to your point, I think he already started making that point with Tui Halamaka and Batello even before this. I have an interesting point to make on the recruiting side of things. My, I'm just going to tell a really quick story. My best buddy in high school, he played two ways for us. He's a, a guard and, you know, like a defensive end. He wanted so badly to be a linebacker. That's what he played in as a peewee player. Like he just wanted to be a linebacker. Big guys who are pass rushers, they like being called an out. Like on these rankings websites, there's so many guys listed as a linebacker, but they're really a they're really a Russian target, a Viper, you know, defensive end, whatever you call it. So if Notre Dame is able to say, hey, we're this is a linebacker position. Do you get after the passer? Yes. But really, this is a linebacker. For these high school kids, man, this school wants me as a defensive end. That sucks. I got to put my hand in the ground. But, man, I could be a linebacker, even though I'm doing basically the same thing in Notre Dame. But they're calling me a, I'm a linebacker. I am telling you guys from my personal experience with my, my childhood best friend and covering recruiting, that's a real thing. So total side note, Tim, I saw you were going to talk. No, it's it's a great recruiting point because now, you know, you could talk about the hybrid. You're a rusher. You're a dropper. Look at the guys do this stuff in the NFL. You use that. But going back on Botello, people forget he's been a rover. So he's been a backer and, you know, he hasn't been, he's not been a Viper. He, he, it's kind of been a hybrid back and forth, but he has played more outside linebacker to the wide side of the field, which is the Rover spot than he has any other spot. So there's that type of Rover playing the Viper Tuli Alamaka. And don't forget Josh Burnham, who was a Mike backer in high school. They quickly moved him to the Viper. So I've been saying this for a while, that Viper is going to turn into Singer's point here, which is a true hybrid linebacker. And look at the guys they're recruiting. They're recruiting an army of linebackers to possibly play Mike or the Viper. They're going to be interchangeable, I believe, under Freeman. All right. Well, Rick says this is about to be the Tyler Horkus show. So watch yourself, Singer. Hey, this is more the Tim Hyde show. My show's on Fridays, even though I don't think we're going to have one for back to back weeks. But Horka, you're a rock star, man. If you want your own show, Tyler, I mean, you know who to talk to. So you just, you know, you just let your, uh, let, let your, have your people talk to my people, all right? Hey, I think my people have already been talking to your people. And by that, I mean, I've been talking to you. So we'll see. <laughs> to your point, I, I tune in every Wednesday. Really? I get enough, I get enough of you throughout the week, Singer. We, we talk <laughs> literally every single day. I tune into this for Tim because his takes are unfiltered. He says what he means. And usually what he says, is pretty. Uh, I find myself in the kitchen. I'll be in the kitchen back here, whipping up dinner. Got this thing going right over here at my setup, and I'm like, "Yep, yep, Tim. Yep, Tim. Of course, Mike. I, I get some of that with you as well. But yeah, this show is is all about Tim. I totally yeah. agree with that. It's funny you say that. I always tell Goolsby that, and uh, you know, like I'm, I love washing dishes late at night. It's just my thing. It's my relaxation thing. I put the headphones on, and I love listening to you know, Singer and Goolsby, you know, when they do it late night and the same type of thing, just listen to them interact, background noise, always watch your guys' videos. I watched yours and Todd's earlier. So, yeah, it's always good to get a lot of different perspectives and each and, each and every one of us always has something different to say and it's uh, it's enjoyable. 
right. I'm going to sign us off with this. This is this is how I feel right now. This is what this is what the boys are doing. Um, just a, a Rocky hug Apollo uh, gif here. That That's kind of the vibes right here w- with the fellas. So, uh, yeah, great stuff. Everybody loves everybody. Notre Dame football is going undefeated. Sam Hartman's going to win back-to-back Heismans. He's not eligible to do it next year. He's just going to do it anyways. Um, but, yeah, we're going to sign off. Tyler, appreciate you joining the show. You're welcome anytime. Tim Hyde, fantastic job as always, folks. And, uh, yeah, please do hit the thumbs up for get out of here. Get in the comments. Let us know what you thought about today's show. And head over to blueandgold.com. All the coverage. Huge recruiting weekend coming up. Um, and uh, practice Saturday. So we'll have more coverage of that on our YouTube channel and website as well. Appreciate you, folks. And as always, we'll catch you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.